Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit is rampant. Welcome back to the Bullshit Filter, <laughs> episode 3.7. Ray, welcome back. I've got a question for you. Please, go ahead. Ray yes, Harris. Go ahead. My time starts now. What time is it, Ray? Uh, what time is 646. it? 6.46. No, Ray, it's 4.20. Okay. Uh, that's right. It's 4.20 today on the show, folks. And you may, you may think you know where 4.20 comes from. Maybe you don't. In 1971... Yeah. Uh, five high school guys in San Rafael in California. Now, I don't know. I, I don't know who Saint Raphael would have been, right? Do you know who Saint Raphael was? What was he? The saint, the patron saint of stoners. I thought maybe Saint Saint Raphael. That wasn't one of the Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah, I, well he would be a saint. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I don't. I've heard uh, the name, but um, don't the one with the nunchucks. Yeah. I think, yeah. Um, uh, Saint Raphael, for those who are wondering, is an archangel. Well, yeah, who um, is a gen- generally associated with the uh, angel mentioned in the Gospel of John, who stirred the water at the healing pool of Bethesda. He's also an angel of Mormonism. Anyway, getting back to these five guys. So, 1971, five guys, high school students in San Rafael in California, called themselves the Waldos right. because they like to hang out at a wall outside the school. Now, kids don't know what that means, but you know Waldo, right? You're old enough to remember Waldo. Yeah, where's Wal- where in the world is Waldo? No, not no. where's Waldo. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not that. Okay. So Waldo was like, uh, I think, a, a, a version of um, uh, fucking... Um, See, this uh, is what Reefer does to you people. Yeah, I can't. I know the uh, uh, the well the World War One thing. We've talked about the fucking little drawing of the guy on on the on the wall. You know um, uh, what's that called? That's not Kilroy. Um, some Kilroy. Okay, Kilroy. All right. Wasn't Kilroy also uh, sometimes called Waldo? I'm not <sighs> sure. Uh, okay, maybe not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm totally confused. Fuck all the men. <laughs> so they call themselves the Waldos. They like to hang out at this wall. Anyway, <laughs> they had a plan a in hit. 1971 right. to search for a, a, a crop of cannabis that they'd heard about that was somewhere in the sort of area of of the school. Sure, they had a treasure map. Uh, that the guy who'd grown this crop uh, had apparently made... Was it drawn by uh, pirates? And they couldn't find it. No, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, they couldn't find it. But anyway, their meeting time at this wall to go look for the cannabis crop was at 4.20 p.m. Right. And they, they, they referred to the plan as 4.20 Louis <laughs> because they would meet at the statue of Louis Pasteur that was on the grounds of San Rafael High School. So 4.20 Louis, they couldn't find the crop eventually shortened their phrase to just 420 right. 
which evolved uh, somehow into a general code word for smoking marijuana. Huh. So that's a long way of introducing the first of our series of shows on marijuana. Marijuana. This generation rules the nation with Russian. You know that song, right? I do. With the background singers singing, How Does It Feel to Have No Food? How Does It Feel When You Got No Food? That's right. sad. Yes. yes. That's so sad. So that was Musical Youth, I think 1982 right. out of the UK. Now, I listened to that as a kid, always assumed it had something to do with weed, but uh, it was sort of uh, uh, a little bit obscure. Right. Um. Turns out, and I just found out this this fucking week, <laughs> uh, it was actually kind of a, 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 a cover or a reworking of a reggae song called Past the Coochie. Ah. Oh. Mighty Diamonds. That just, so yeah. the original song was about passing a blunt, right. and then Musical Youth kind of rejigged it, made it sound like they were talking about passing food, yeah. but really blunts. Well, if it's uh, so, they, yeah. Yeah. if it's the UK and it's '82, you've got to change the words to get it past the censor. But either way, just the music itself uh, makes me want to inhale deeply. Good stuff. <laughs> So we've talked about, so far on this uh, season three of The Bullshit Filler, we've talked about the history of prohibition, mm-hmm. heroin, cocaine. I think it's time we talk about weed, weed right? Yeah. Um, AKA dope, grass, herb, gauge, tea, reefer, chronic, hashish, or maybe we should just call it cannabis. Now, in, in your research for the show, did you come up with the cannabis versus marijuana uh, debate? what the r- appropriate name is or should be. 
Uh, well, as far as I know, the appropriate name should be cannabis. But as we're going to see, um, and and you probably have more on this than I do, um, are you talking about the actual substance that has a different name versus um, the racial science? No. The racialization yes, the race. of it, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. the Mexicanness. So, yeah, my understanding is before the 1930s, it was more, uh, it was more commonly referred to in Western media as cannabis, right. cannabis indica, cannabis sativa. Um, but gradually, they started to call it loco weed, <laughs> Mexican loco weed, or marijuana. Yeah. Actually, it was normally marijuana with an H. Not a J. Sometimes with a G, I read it. Spent way too much time going through my favorite website, <laughs> newspapers.com, this week, as you may have may have seen on Facebook, just yeah. reading stories from the late 19th century through to the early 20th century on this. Um, but our friend Harry Anslinger, the first drug czar of the United States, who we've mentioned in previous episodes, we'll be talking more about uh, in the next couple of episodes, Harry uh, 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 really wanted to popularise the term marijuana in the 1930s to strengthen the connection between cannabis and the nasty, smelly, rapey Mexicans. Um, You know, no, 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 uh, you know, (laughs) that's not my view. No, no, you're paraphrasing. uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, um, he he wasn't a big fan of the Mexicans, Harry. um, I've got a, I've got a quote, uh, from him here. Let's see. Um, yeah, it's the old recording of him talking about them. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. Jesus. So that's uh, Harry Anslinger <laughs> in the 30s talking about uh, nasty, smelly Mexicans. Now, some people uh, think that the word marijuana comes from the linguistic root of the Aztec word malejuan. Ooh. Uh, do you know what malejuan meant uh, to the Aztecs, right? No, tell me. Do you, do you speak Aztecian? Uh, as techie, I, I couldn't find it on Duolingo, so no. Uh, you skipped that. Yeah, you skipped I skipped that, that language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <gasps> it's it's handy. It's handy. Is it? uh, well, no, no, seriously, no. Learning. I, I've always said that learning Aztec is really, uh, you know, something that all of us should do, right? Um, because uh, you know, eventually. We all know the Huitzilopochtli and Texcoatlipoca, right? The Aztec gods are going to come back, along with Quetzalcoatl, of course. They're going to come back. Huitzilopochtli is my favourite. He's the he's the sun god. Sure, I think I've got. I think I pronounced that right when I did my Aztec language. Yeah, we wouldn't know. So they're going to come back, and I want to be on. I want to be able to speak to them in their native language. So anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. I am one fourth offended by all of that. <laughs> I thought you were one eighth Native what, American. What, you're now, what, you're now <laughs> a, Aztec as well. I, I've been promoted. Um, no, please continue. 
The Aztec word Malachuan uh, meant prisoner, apparently. Now, other people think it traces, uh, the words trace to the Chinese Mahrenhua, mm. which means hemp seed flower. Right. Which possibly goes back to an early Semitic root, M-R-J, Merak, I don't know how the fucking <laughs> Jews pronounce that, which means hemp. Now, um, the, the, but I've got, I've got to tie into that later on. Now, the Semitic root uh, in the Spanish word, mejorana, mm-hmm. and the English word, marjoram, or oregano, or oregano, right. as you Americans like to call it. Yeah. Um, Correctly. Uh, it could also be related to it. It's, it's known in Mexico as Chinese oregano. Mm. Uh, the Americans in the 30s, as we'll see with all these stories, called it Mexican weed. The Mexicans call it Chinese oregano. The Chinese <laughs> probably call it something else. I don't know who the Chinese... They probably call it, you know, Japanese yeah. weed or something. Indian they hate weed the or most. something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now, the, um, as I said before, the original uh, Mexican Spanish used the forms uh, of an H instead of a J, marijuana. Nothing to do with Mary Jane, um, the, the name of it, surprisingly. Not, not, not named after a girl called Mary Aww. Jane, uh, 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 unfortunately. So that's uh, that's all I've got on the uh, the, the linguistic roots right. of it. But apparently, this is, this is it's a big thing in uh, the cannabis communities that uh, calling it marijuana is actually a pejorative, right. uh, derogatory word. We should, according to these people, call it by its scientific name, uh, cannabis. And I th- so that's that's what I think we should do in this show. We should call it cannabis, sure. unless we're quoting right. a racist. Right. No, no, absolutely. And my lawyer, especially when I'm on the street, I just simply refer to it as the product. It's just sa- <laughs> it's just safer that way. No, I, I ran across some other names like you, Reefer, Mary Jane, Blaze, Skunk, Ganja, uh, Broccoli, which kind of surprised me. I think that was put out by the parents who were pushing veggies, and Burrito, <laughs> which only makes me even more hungry. I want to, jo- I want some cannabis and a fucking burrito, and to be left alone for about six hours. That's what I want. The broccoli, uh, bro- I want the broccoli, <laughs> afterwards. exactly it cleanses the palate. It really does. It really does. Yeah, yeah. Now, for, for those of you like me who know fucking nothing about this, mm-hmm. as I've mentioned on this show, I think, before and on our other shows, my, you know, my, I've experimented with weed on a handful of occasions, maybe half a dozen occasions in my life, starting, I think, at the, uh, the end of year 12, uh, we had like the year 12 ball formal party thing, which I didn't go to, went out to dinner with my girlfriend who was... 21. Yes, uh, hell yeah. Because, you know, I, I bat above. I always, you know, that's, I always bat above, man. I bat above my rank. That's my thing. Um, I, uh, but I went to the after party and I remember sitting in a car. Some guys were smoking some weed. They gave me it. I tried to smoke it as best I could. Coughed, spluttered, yeah. did nothing. Yeah. Over the years, tried it a few more times, particularly with Chrissy. Chrissy went through a stage where she was smoking a little bit of weed, you know, like once a, once, once a month or whatever. I tried it with her. It did nothing. She even she even made it into brownies. Oh, brownies. Um, she ate half a brownie, baked out of a fucking brain. <clears throat> I ate like 30, nothing. Um, and it wasn't until a mate of mine gave me some weed oil and some ice cream over chest a couple of years ago, and, and, and it kicked in later, and I fucking <laughs> baked out of my brain and did not like it. <laughs> Um, because I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it, and then I was babysitting Fox by myself at night. Chrissy had gone out to an AA meeting of all places, oh God. and uh, I was, I was Fox, you're in alone. charge. 
fucking baked for the first time ever with Fox. Fox was like, you know, a year old. Oh. Anywho, so that I said, I know you, you have very limited experiences. With them, so we know nothing. Right. I, I do want to say, though, that I have been high three times through the brownie method. Loved it every single fucking time, which is why Virginia needs to hurry up and catch up to a lot of these other states so I can have a good time without having the stress that it's illegal. Um, so if, if any state, you know, legislatures are listening to the show, please work on that for me soon. Was, was any of those times when we were recording? Uh, I think we all want to know. That. I don't have to. No, those were, those were limoncello moments. This was years and years and years okay. ago. Yeah. If, if it does become legal, will you be high while we're recording? Is that your, is that your promise? Pretty, pretty much. Yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that would take our shows to a whole new level. <laughs> or down. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not, no, because, or I, I will wonder if anyone can tell. We'll do like a, a butter taste <laughs> test. Just to, you know, we'll get you to record one baked and see. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. see if anyone picks it up. Well, I was going to say when I when I was high, all I remember is giggling a lot and losing short term memory. So you're right. I don't think anybody would be able to tell the difference. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So cannabis, for those of you who know nothing, is is a flowering herb. We all know what it looks like. It's believed to have originated in the mountainous regions in Western China or the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's really sure. Uh, like, it goes back fucking forever. It's been around <laughs> since the dawn of time. Right. Uh, and there are there are a number of different species within the genus of, of cannabis. Mm. Um, the, the major ones are cannabis sativa, cannabis indica, and cannabis ruderalis. Mm. I did not know that. Yeah. The thing about cannabis plants is they produce a group of chemicals called cannabinoids, uh, which produce a, a variety of mental and physical effects when you consume them. And there's a number of different ways you can consume them. Right. But here's something that I didn't know. Not all cannabinoids get you high. Oh, I hope I don't get the wrong one. So the one that people are most familiar with is THC, tetrahydrocannabinol. Right. This is the cannabinoid that gets you high, that has psychotropic effects. It also amplifies your sensory functions, sight, hearing, sensitivity mm. to touch, those sorts of things. Promotes a general sense of euphoria, sense of well-being, those sorts of things. Yeah. Connected with the people around you. Not necessarily like LSD, but similar. Yeah, you know, people feel happy. Uh, 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 I think that a lot of their fucking inhibitions drop away. Yeah, their 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 their, their, their feelings of um, disconnectedness or paranoia of the world around them drops away. They feel better. But there are eighty five, at least eighty five, different cannabinoids in cannabis. Damn, and they all do something different. Okay. So uh, there's one called CBD that doesn't make you feel stoned and, in fact, actually counters some of the effects of THC. Ah. Uh, now, and now the, the, because it's been illegal for the last 80 or so years, which obviously we're going to go into, a lot of the strains that have been um, grown have been grown specifically to try and enhance the THC Mm -hmm. 
levels to try and get you high. Yeah. Um, but what they're starting to do now, particularly in the US and places where it's decriminalised or legalised, is start to try and grow crops that balance out the level of cannabinoids. And a lot of the medical research is done with the, the, the non-THC cannabinoids. Turns out the human body has an entire endocannabinoid system that processes cannabinoids, uh, which apparently govern a whole lot, lot of different things, including um, appetite, food intake, motor behavior, reproduction, uh, and other things. Wow. So there's a lot of experimentation, scientific experimentation going on to see, okay, what are these things do? We didn't even fucking know about this endocannabinoid system like 20 years ago, and, and we're going, oh, okay, so humans and weed are designed to go together. So they're trying to figure out, um, like a lot of the, you hear about increasingly the health benefits mm-hmm. of cannabinoids in, in terms of dealing with cancer. And not, you know, it's crazy when you read the fucking stories, like, as we'll see, you go back 80 years ago, they're saying it drives you insane. <laughs> You go back 20 years ago, they said it gives you cancer. It's even worse than tobacco. It gives you cancer. Right. Now they're starting to say, actually, it not only doesn't give you cancer, it might cure cancer. Oh, God. And <laughs> so they're like, it's it, like, it's fucking, it's really, really interesting looking at how the story has changed on this and also how the story hasn't changed. Because as we'll see, you go back 120 years ago, uh, scientists and politicians knew then mm-hmm. that weed was good for you. Um, they just chose to ignore that um, right. for the majority of the last century and a bit. If, if I can add on to what you were saying, you and I, without giving away names, obviously, you and I have been uh, in the company of some people who know a lot about this stuff and were telling us about, like you were saying, there's different, I don't know, different strains or whatever it's called, different parts of it or the, uh, the different... Um, Whatever you which which you're going for when you grow it, but basically, it's, you know, some people do it to just calm down where they don't get high, and some people use it to uh, to mellow themselves out when when they're having anxiety or whatever, and 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 not where they're getting high, just where it calms their system down. So, like you were saying, it can do a lot of different things. That's why it should be studied and researched to find the benefits. But because it's illegal, like you said, for the last eighty years, a lot of that stuff has been shut down, at least in the United States, until recently. When you're saying you don't want to mention them, you're talking about somebody we were hanging out with in the US? Yes. Yeah, fucking yeah. David Mark and Big Stone. <laughs> um, That's Sir David to actually, you. Actually, Sir J. David. If there's one person who should get <laughs> high more often, I would, it's, I uh, would pay for his. David. I would pay for his. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> So, uh, now the drug normally comes in a variety of forms. Uh, you get dried flower buds, which is typically referred to as marijuana. You can get it as a resin, which is typically referred to as hashish. Mm-hmm. You get various es- extracts as oil, um, hemp oil, hashish oil. You can smoke it, you can eat it, you can vaporize it, you can inject it, you can use it as a patch, or you can stick it up your butt. Right. Oh. Um, now, when I was writing my notes, I wrote that last line as a gag, and then as I did more research, I realized, <laughs> eh, no, actually, yeah, sticking it up your butt is one yeah. uh, actual official way that people can wow. use it. Now, um, you know, 
the, the way that I prefer it is to, to get some of the oil, smear it all over your dick, <laughs> and then get you to stick your dick up my butt. But, you know, I don't think that's all stamp, right. but right. Uh, I'll do it. <laughs> hemp. Hemp. Now, people know, I'm sure, that hemp uh, has also been around forever and, and it's used, uh, has been used forever and still is used to make cloth, to make uh, a rope, to make paper, to make all sorts of stuff. Now, um, hemp is also a, a, a variety of cannabis sativa. The drug and the industrial hemp both derive from the same species. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the difference is between hemp and, um, and, and, and cannabis or marijuana, the drug version, Ray? Um, no, except for like you were saying that, that the hemp could be used for fibers, ropes, that kind of stuff. But no, I do, do not know the specific difference. Well, they both contain the psychotropic uh, cannabinoid, mm-hmm. THC, right. tetrahydrocannabinol. Um, but they've sort of been bred for different purposes. So as I said before, the, the, the drug variety has just been uh, um, – what, what are the, what's the word? What's Oscar? Somebody get Oscar Pierce, uh, our farmer on. Okay, what do you call it when you uh, when you deliberately, uh, 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 um, uh, uh, you know, grow something to, to highlight fucking you know peas? You, you breed uh, it for uh, a specific specific purpose. Not breed, but whatever the plant just, version of breeding is. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Um, whereas the, the hemp variety uh, has much lower concentrations mm. of THC, but it, it's been bred over the, the millennia to, to be better for some of these industrial uses. Gotcha. Now, hemp was a major crop going way, way, way back in China. In fact, the oldest Chinese uh, writings on agriculture called the Sha Sha Shi was written about... 1600 uh, BCE. Wow. Wow. It, it named hemp as one of the main crops of China. Mm-hmm. Uh, thousand odd years later, uh, other Chinese writings, the Book of Songs, say that it's one of the six crops commonly planted, cannabis. Wow. And they used it for clothing. They used it for rope. They used it for bowstrings. They used it for paper. We don't know whether or not they used it to get high, but it's hard to imagine people growing this stuff as one of a major crop and not somebody at some stage eating yeah. some of it or stumbling or across or setting some of it on fire. Yeah. Oh, what are we, what are we, what, what's up today, <laughs> uh, boss? Sha, Go cha, burn chain. that old stuff. Go burn that old rope. Yeah, today we th- today we set fire to hemp crop. Everybody sit uh, around. Everyone's used to fire. Oh, you know. So it's, you think for, at some point over thousands of years they yeah, would have figured that shit out. Did. Now, yeah. one thing I learned was that hemp was used in the olden days to make sails, canvas for sails. Ah. One of the major uses of it was to make sails. What I didn't know until this week was that the word canvas <gasps> comes from Can- cannabis. Nice. Nice discover. Mm. Nice discover. Mm. Yeah. You know, I love a little bit of etymology porn, <laughs> and uh, that's one of them. So canvas yeah. comes from cannabis. Nice. 
So for the for you listeners out there, again, when you're at a party or when you're at the pub or whatever, and everybody quits talking for a moment and no one's sure what to say, bring that up. You'll be a winner. They'll buy your next drink for you. Even if no one's talking about anything <laughs> remotely relevant, you say, <clears throat> by the way, well, uh, you know, uh, did you know that? <laughs> like that post, that postman from Cheers. Oh, God. Anyway, yeah, what Cliffy. If, Cliffy. Yes. <laughs> a little known fact. Little known fact, uh, the normie that uh, the word canvas comes from the cannabis. Uh, <laughs> well, no shit. No, that's you know, true. Fucking, yeah. Come to think of it, when I was watching Cheers in the 80s, he was my hero. Uh, <laughs> and I think I've pretty much turned into Cliffy Clavin. That's pretty much, I, I, I am the podcast yeah. version of Cliffy I, I would say that your accuracy is slightly higher than his. So only, only cause I've got notes. <laughs> you got Wikipedia uh, in front of he me. Doesn't, it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Cliffy didn't have Wikipedia. <laughs> just, just hold for a wiki, hold, Wikipedia, hold for, hold for a Cliff Clavin. Yeah. You got a big mouth, Clavin. Hey, he happens to be right. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's a genetic quirk in the uh, Clavin family that we all have two extra teeth. You see, that's the only way that we can prove that we are the rightful heirs to the Russian throne. Hello in there, Cliff. (laughs) Tell me, what color is the sky in your world? (laughs) That's one of my favorite lines. I never, I'd forgotten that was actually a Fraser line. Uh, Tell me, what what color is the sky in your world? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's gold. <laughs> oh, great writing. Oh, um, now, the uh, in terms of Europe, mm-hmm. the earliest written records of people using cannabis to get high Uh-oh. come from the Greek historian Herodotus, favourite of ours. <laughs> I, fucking how many times have we quoted Herodotus over the years? Man? Right. He writes about the Scythians, um, the Eurasians, taking cannabis steam baths in his... Histories uh, wrote circa 440 BCE. He writes, the Scythians, as I said, take some of this hemp seed and creeping under the felt coverings, throw it upon the red hot stones. Ah. Immediately it smokes and gives out such a vapor as no Grecian vapor bath can exceed. The (laughs) Siths, delighted, shout for joy. And that (laughs) is what turned them to the dark side. Well, I, I mean, I wasn't there, obviously, but when you say they shout for joy, I, I you know, you, you, you inhale that. It's more of a, hey, as opposed to a scream, but I could be wrong. Again, I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he got that bit wrong. Yeah. He was making that bit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had read that no, the, the classical. I had I had read that the Aryans were the Indo Aryans were the ones that introduced it to the Scythians, the, the Thracians, and the Dacians. So again, uh, this stuff starts to spread as we're going to see it goes over Africa, the Middle East, goes to the Western Hemisphere. And you're right, uh, as you're going to find out through un, probably ways you wouldn't imagine, this stuff, the knowledge of how to use it to get high, is going to spread as well. Yeah. Um. Fucking. It's funny. I just opened up Spotify and, and, you know, as friend activity, somebody, Charith, cute story, don't know who that is, is listening to Hashish, original mix. It's <laughs> like, ah, I wonder what that is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, where was I? Oh, yes. 
The classical Greeks and the Romans were using it. The great Roman medical scientist Galen, mm -hmm. who lived sort of uh, um, in the second century, 129 to 99 CE, and we're going to talk about him a lot in the Renaissance show because he was the last great medical scientist as well. He wrote uh, around about uh, 160 CE that hemp cakes, if eaten Ooh. in moderation, produced a feeling of well-being. But uh -oh. he warned everybody, if you eat too many, you'll uh, end up impotent. <gasps> so there's a lesson to you, Ray. Okay. Um, don't eat too many hemp cakes when they legalise it in Virginia. All right. That's a, that's a, that's a tough balance. That's that's a tough balance. Now, getting back to the Semitic thing I mentioned before, in the Middle East, it seems like the Jews were using it to communicate with God. And sure. That is the first I'd come across this, and, and it, it, I'm going to use it in my documentary. This changes everything. Now, in Exodus 30, verses 22 to 23, mm -hmm. it states that God instructed Moses to produce a holy anointing oil by mixing the following things, myrrh, Cinnamon, right? Because you want it to smell good. Nutmeg, cassia, uh huh, and carnebosum. <laughs> nice, carnebosum. Nice. Yeah. Now I, you know, when I read the Old Testament, I always assumed carnebosum meant uh, breast milk. Bosom, right? Carne right. <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah, no. Come on, that that works. You right? want that That's to be my true? Understanding yeah, of yeah <laughs> of ancient Aramaic, um, but. Some uh, ancient uh, linguists have suggested that cannabisum translates as aromatic hemp seed. Yeah. Cannabisum, cannabis. Cannabisum, <laughs> cannabis. I see God. Mm. I see God, man. Yeah. He's right over there. Yeah. So, right. as I'm sure people know, because they fucking pay attention to such things, mm -hmm. And they listen um, to to uh, all of my crazy ranting. Religiously. Um, yeah. Hold on, I'm, I'm wikipedia kind of bushum. Uh, while sources agree about the identity of four of the five ingredients of anointing oil, the identity of the fifth, kind of bushum, has been a matter of debate. Mm. The Bible indicates it was an aromatic cane or grass which was imported from a distant land by way of the spice roots mm. and that a related plant grows naturally in Israel. Several different plants have been named as possibly being cannabosum. Right. Um, some think it is cane balsam, uh, a sweet cane, hmm. but um, others think it's cannabis. Right. So there you go. Nice. Um but I like the idea of cannabis. So you imagine that. So you're mixing it. Now, the the ancient Hebrews used this holy anointing oil to anoint high priests and, and kings. The Messiah, the word Messiah, Messiah, right. means the anointed one. Um, so the, the they would because they would anoint the Messiah with this anointing oil because it supposedly helped him communicate with God. <laughs> um, so what they were doing is the Messiah was just getting high so he could speak to God, which proves finally right. that Jesus really was the dude. Oh, yeah. I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. 
So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got to go back and watch it. Now, that actually reminds me, one of my three times that I was high, I probably saw God, but since I lost all short-term memory, it faded away. I have to go experiment some more. Right. Yeah. 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 So uh, let's get back to the ancient history then. So it was pretty much known everywhere in the ancient world, is Mm -hmm. my point. The first Gutenberg Bible was printed on hemp paper. Nice. And then in the middle of the 16th century, uh, cannabis spread to the Western Hemisphere when the Spaniards took it with them to use as fiber. Um, they grew it uh, when they invaded um, for rope, for clothing, for paper, made its way up into North America. I think, as we said in the first episode of this series, um, George Washington yep. was a hemp farmer. Yeah. I think, and in fact, I think I, I, I read uh, during my research that during the, that sort of period, the um, revolutionary period, it was sort of a law that American farmers needed to grow hemp. Did you come across that? Yeah, in um, in the the very first Virginia House of Burgesses. Uh, first of all, in 1607, there was a, a hemp cultivated in a Powhatan village in Richmond, Virginia. But in the first Virginia House of Burgesses, Burgesses, there was an act that said the planters had to sow both English and Indian hemp. They had to do. They had to uh, to have both of those. So that was certainly part and parcel of their pro of their of their uh, their agriculture there. And when we have a moment, there were a couple of other things that were passed in the first Virginia House of Burgesses I thought would we would find interesting, you know, all these hundreds of years later. But I can do that now or I can do it later. Well, I'll do it now, man. Right, Why cool. the fuck not? I, I just wanted to, to give and take. Okay, so so besides having to grow both English and Indian hemp, there's a, there's a direct quote that says that no man will sell to any Indians any piece, shot, powder or arms, offensive or defensive, upon being labeled a traitor to the colony and hanged as soon as this fact is proven. So do not, under any circumstances, give the Indians any ways to defend themselves from our guns. Another one was that... What was the first... What was the first thing? Peas? Can't sell them uh, peas? It, what they, they were the slang. Peace was like a rifle or a gun or something like that. So that was uh, a piece. Oh, like a piece. Don't sell them a piece. <laughs> Don't sell them a piece, exactly. Like a, well, see, the, actually, the very first rule was do not cause any trouble with the Indians. And then the second one is do not give them any guns. The third one was that no man will sell or give to the Indians any of our English dogs of quality, the Mastiff, the Greyhound, the Bloodhound, Land or Water Spaniel, any other dog or bitch whatsoever of the English race. So don't give them any guns, don't start no shit, and don't give them or sell them any of our dogs I'm not sure how that plays out. Uh, but my favorite one is the last one, that no man may go above 20 miles from his dwelling place, nor on any voyage where he may be absent for more than seven days altogether without first having to tell the governor or the commander of the same place. So, And if you did, you would be fined uh, 20 shillings. So you're not allowed to go anywhere. You're not allowed to travel unless you have checked with your betters before you leave. Democracy, bitches, that's how we do <laughs> that's it. That's why we fought the English so we could go on vacations without having to tell anybody. Oh, I 
about George Washington growing hemp, Ray, and yep. I, I've got my notes here. He, he must have been fucking high if he thought he could defeat the British Empire. <laughs> um, <laughs> really? You I think that's I think that's that's how the Revolutionary War started is Washington. I could take him. I could take him. <laughs> Hancock was sitting around like, you know, fucking British. You know, like, what if, what if we... What if we fought the British Empire? Like, we just. What if, what if we said, fuck you, we're not paying your taxes, man? Like, just. Some, like, fucking. Do you know how much more and, weed and, and, we could buy if we didn't pay our taxes? Yeah, what. Adams was like, you know, man, we could just say, like, I don't know, like, no taxation without representation, <laughs> man. Like, dude, that'd be so fucking funny, man. Like, just, John Adams, like, did, you, did you just say, take on the British, the world's largest empire? That's a fucking great idea, man. Let's go. You're so no, fucking now. high, man. Road trip. Road trip. Come on, everybody, get up. Um, now, globally, in 2013 is the most recent numbers I can get. Mm-hmm. 60,400 kilograms of cannabis were produced legally. Wow. Um, the illegal number was too big for my calculator <laughs> to even handle. Not enough commas. fell off the end. Yeah, yeah. It's estimated that in 2014, 14, there were an estimated. Well, let me let me let me let me do it the other way around. So the um, number of cocaine users right. is estimated at about somewhere between fourteen to twenty-one million people around the world. Okay. The number of heroin users estimated around twelve to twenty-one million people around the world. Right. Um, how many people using cannabis? <laughs> Around the world, right? Well, let's see. There's six billion, so I'm gonna say two billion. No, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> no, you're thinking of Catholics. Oh. I mean Christians. Oh. Two billion Sorry. Christians. Sorry. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're high, but <laughs> so there's another way. Um, no, it's estimated that in 2014 there were 182 million cannabis users. Wow. So 14 to 21 million cocaine, 12 to 21 million heroin, 182 million cannabis users, which is only 3.8% of the population aged 15 to 64. Right. So it's quite 
relatively small still. Um, that percentage hadn't really changed significantly in the previous 20 years. Uh, be interesting to see how the numbers have changed since it's been legalized or decriminalized in a number of American states. I suspect not a great deal. I, I think yeah. people people who smoked before still smoke. People who didn't smoke before, probably not many of them have started. Right. Um, since it's been legalized. Have you seen any data on that? No, but in a semi-serious note, out of all of the podcasters that I have quote-unquote talked to over the years, emails and stuff like that, you and I are one of the few that do not indulge. I'm being, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. Yeah, no. Shit, we should though, man. That's maybe why we're not more famous than we sh- than you know we could right. be. Maybe we could be a lot happier. You know, I know that less, uh, less stress. Carl, uh, no, no, I, I I'm the happiest person on earth. Okay. I have no stress. Okay, yeah, I, I didn't know you were happy. Why? Are you happy, <laughs> um, uh, because pot's not legal it, in Virginia. Is it Heather? <laughs> is it your marriage? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know the yeah. the D'Angelo jokes were. <sighs> It's not, it's, after he moved in, it was less funny. They started off as just jokes, but then she heard them and went, That's a great idea. idea. She put an ad she, on she, Facebook and it didn't take long. She, she took them as a prophecy, <laughs> uh, as ambition. Right. She put an ad on, looking for a black man must be called D'Angelo. Because I've been fantasizing about that now. Or, or at least w- be willing to for have me call you that. And, uh, and yeah. I am the one who had to comb through all the applicants. That was really degrading. <laughs> um, yeah, we should, we should be high when we do the show. <laughs> um, now, uh, a 2012 study mm-hmm. tried to figure out who the biggest dope smokers were in the world per capita. Oh. You want you want to take a guess at who the winners were? Uh, out, of, out of the countries, I, I'm just. Yeah. I mean, as, as a proud American, I'm, I got to say we've got to be in the top three. But I, re- mm, I re- yeah, maybe I really don't know. I well, I truly don't know anything about pot and it's who uses it. Mm. Mm. Well, what happens to people who smoke pot? Let me see if you can Sherlock this motherfucker. Okay. So, how would you describe people that smoke weed? Um, relaxed. Calm, mm-hmm. laid back. Laid back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are the most relaxed, laid back people in the world, Ray? Um, uh, either Canadians or Scandinavians. No, 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 no. Aussies. Really? Right? Aussies. Are the I, most I thought you were trying to get me world. to say yeah, that, yeah. but that wasn't my personal experience yeah. when I was in Australia. Really? Well, only because I needed to fucking <laughs> kick your asses to get you on the bus <laughs> before like midday. <laughs> I'd be sitting at the front of your hotel for four hours. I just wanted to see waiting. how long you'd sit there. Anyway, so 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 Australians are laid back. Okay, go. Please go. Continue with this premise. Yeah, uh, Australians and New Zealanders, mm-hmm. aged between fifteen and sixty-four, were the highest users of marijuana, according to the study. Fifteen percent of the population wow. um, were using weed. North America only came in eleven percent. Now, of course. It was then and still is now illegal I was ask. in both Australia yeah. and New Zealand. Yeah. Um, decriminalised in, in sort of parts of Australia, but, but effectively illegal, right. technically illegal. Um, and we were, the, we were the winners, so Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. So- now, those numbers might be different now that it's been decriminalised and legalised in some parts of the US in terms of you, you might be the biggest now. But again, I don't know if it would have changed. But in fact, I know from the, the, the experience in Portugal 
where they decriminalized it several years ago is actually they, they reckon the use of drugs has gone down since they decriminalized right. it. Right. It hasn't gone up. It's gone in the opposite Counterintuitive, direction. Counterintuitive, right, yeah. Well, you know, it's like, uh, I don't think this is the reason, but, you know, one reason is like, well, it's no fun now. Yeah. It's not illegal. Or people. It's like if you're, ba- yeah. if, you're banging a, if you're banging hookers on the side <laughs> and your wife says, go ahead. you know what, I think it'd be a really good thing <laughs> if, if, is if you banged hookers on the side, you go, oh. Well, you killed it. You're just taking the fun you out of it. You killed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, my thing is, if, I guess I would think that if, if you made it legal, people would try and go, okay, yeah, I try, and then walk away. But yeah, you're right. It's probably now that it's not illegal, there's a certain edge to that. So, uh yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't wait to find out what happens to me once it becomes legal here. Because I think it's just a matter of time. I don't think that's why uh, the numbers are going down. I think actually, what happens is when you treat it as uh, a, a medical, you, when you treat addiction to these things as a medical problem and not as a criminal problem, mm. uh, people uh, can get help when they're not going to be ostracized. When they're not worried right. about. As we're going to see some sort of penalty, they can go. Yeah, can you? You know, like I think I'm smoking too much weed. Yeah. Uh, can you? Can you help me out <laughs> yeah. here? Um, now, interestingly, also just looking at the Australian experience, um, only one percent, barely one percent, of deaths in Australia annually mm-hmm. can be attributed to illegal drugs of any kind. Mm. Compared to almost twelve percent from legal tobacco. Wow. So that just goes to show yeah. you how fucking stupid our drug laws are. Um, and, of course, deaths associated with weed worldwide are a massive zero. <laughs> uh, now, there's been millions upon millions of deaths of Dorito bags, but not human beings. <laughs> I thought you meant death by Dorito De- bag. No, 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 no. It's probably true, it's probably, too, well, I, like I was just... trying to keep it positive. But, yeah, I'm sure plenty of... Dorito bags have been ripped open uh, or whatever. But, yeah, again, I wouldn't know. Now, the earliest mention of cannabis that I could find on newspapers.com was from England. Mm-hmm. The Hampshire Telegraph and Naval Chronicle. Uh, there's a catchy name for a paper. <laughs> did, did you read the Naval Chronicle on Sunday? Yeah, but of course. Uh, this is from February 8th, 1830. It's from Portsmouth in England. Intoxicating effects of wild hemp. The plant called wild hemp, cannabis indica in brackets, in Egypt, named assis or hashish, is manufactured into a substance called bang, bang, which is which is much used throughout Egypt, Persia, Arabia, and Hindustan as a powerful and peculiar inebriant. Mm. For this purpose, a liquor is prepared from its juice or dried leaves are made use of. The common people among the Arabs pound the leaves, make a little ball of them and swallow it. In Hindustan, the plant is grown for no other use than for the purpose of intoxication. It produces tranquility of mind and a singular kind of exhilaration, during which the person laughs involuntarily, (laughs) speaks incoherently... And sings and dances without staggering or giddiness. During sleep, it promotes agreeable dreams. Now, I want you to pay attention, dear listeners, to 
how the newspaper coverage of cannabis changes over the next hundred years. Yeah. This, the first I could find, sounds reasonable, right? Yeah. This is this is weed as we think of it. Right. Um, makes people feel good, makes them laugh a lot, they sing, they dance, and they have they sleep well. Yeah. That's pretty much weed, right? <laughs> as we think of it today. Right. Right. <laughs> You're gonna see some of the later newspaper articles. Yeah. Don't tell the same story. No. By the way, this same article, the next section is the effects of tea. Taken strong and in great quantity, it produces exhilaration, an indescribable feeling of lightness of body, as if in one step he scarcely touched the ground, <laughs> along with a perception of increased magnitude, apparently of all objects. Swallowed in very great excess, it produces horror of mind, oh an intolerable apprehension, or sudden death, oh. and fits of asphyxia or suspended animation. Now, what kind reading of that, tea I would think that? we should be... Yeah. We should be banning tea. <laughs> Left and right. And suspended animation. So if you drink too much tea, right. you basically just freeze and people can leave you there. Come back in 10 years, <laughs> in 100 years, <laughs> you're, still... you're still just <laughs> frozen in place. <laughs> now, I've, I drink tea. Yeah. Well, I tend to, like, I have coffee in the morning and then around lunchtime I'll have a tea. And then maybe another tea mid-afternoon, typically. Right. Yeah. Just because it's too much fucking effort to make coffee. <laughs> um, tea bag, boom, in you go. It's great. Coffee, i got to grind the fucking beans. And yeah. Got to... Too much work, mate. The, put it in the thing. And right. Pull the water, wait for it to fuck it. Yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> Don't have time. Um, but I've never had tea where I've... Going, wow, I have an indescri indescribable feeling of lightness of body as if my steps yeah. hardly touch the ground. Yeah, that was stronger tea back then, I guess. When I drink tea, what it does for me is I go, I can keep my fucking eyelids open for another hour now. Drag myself through this fucking day because I've had two hours sleep. Because I'm working on podcasts for people who don't care. They don't care. They don't value they don't like it. Reviews, they don't appreciate sons it. Sons of bitches. And, and, and we're not high. We're not even high <laughs> when we do it. We're like doing most this podcasters. Wrong. We are fucking we're doing, doing this. <laughs> we're doing it straight and wrong. Um, no, we're not on about straight. Um, did, did you read about Napoleon's invasion of Egypt? I have read about it in the past, I, yes. I'm sure you have. No, no, I, I just wasn't sure if you were going to touch on it, that that when uh, Napoleon uh, invaded Egypt in 1798, there was no alcohol in Egypt as it was an Islamic country. The uh, His troops were able to find, or at least were exposed to hashish. Believe it or not, they actually enjoyed themselves. And so in that way, because they're not going to be there for too long, uh, when they go back to France, uh, suddenly that, that that's another avenue for, uh, for uh, hashish to get to the European mainland. Wow, yeah. I don't remember yeah. reading that. Did Sir David sense, cover that? You know. You know, my good friend. <laughs> um, no, I don't remember that ever coming <laughs> up. Um, I wonder if Napoleon smoked any. Can't imagine too busy. Napoleon too smoked He was weed. drinking busy. He was drinking tea. Only slept two he hours even a like night. To drink really? No, he was he was a workaholic. Okay, so um, another thing I, that I thought was interesting was in 1842, there was an Irish doctor named William Burke O'Shaughnessy. I, I can't do accents. And uh, he was a medical officer in Bengal, and he worked with the East India Company. And he was uh, experimenting with uh, the effects of cannabis on the, on the people in uh, India. And so he did this uh, 
research into therapeutic purposes. And what he found was, and again, this is going to be very different from what you're going to, we're going to convey the newspapers in America and Mexico in the early 20th century. He said that this stuff successfully relieves pain of rheumatism and it stills the convulsions of infants. Uh, who have lockjaw and things like that. And so he, he was able to work with us. He was able to work with the locals who were very uh, happy that somebody was actually paying attention to their pain. And uh, he said he was able to control the muscle spasms uh, that people had when they were adults. It started in the jaw. And it would go through the rest of their body. And sometimes the spasms were so powerful that it could break bones. But he was able to use the resin from can- from cannabis to cure, not cure all these things, but to help people deal with all these things. So when he comes back to England... He brings he brings uh, cannabis with him, and he brings back this glowing report. And again, this is just another way where this stuff is getting back to Europe, but with with a very po- in a very positive light. So again, these people are thinking, "Oh my God, it can help with all these things. It can relax us." This is a doctor that's saying it. He's done experiments. So again, people are getting very positive feedback from their research with cannabis. Mm. Yeah. So. Positive stories uh, as of the early 19th century. It starts to change uh, sort of the middle of the 19th century. I've got an article here from the Bristol Mercury from 1844 talking about the use of cannabis in Siam, a.k.a. Thailand. Um, It says uh, eating and smoking of opium which was greatly checked a few years since by the edict of His Majesty against it, appears now to be fast reviving. Gunja, cannabis indica, a plant possessing many of the properties of opium, is grown abundantly in Siam and may be purchased very cheaply, so that those who are too poor to purchase opium resort to this weed for their stimulant and opiate. Its effects upon the human constitution appear to be as bad as those of opium. Its first effect is to produce great exhilaration. Okay, so far so good. So as often to lead the ignorant to think the person is supernaturally aided. (laughs) No, no, it's not been my experience with uh, people around me that are high. I never have thought they were supernaturally aided. I thought... (laughs) If anything. Yeah. Yeah, half, half speed. Yeah, half speed. Yeah, half speed, uh, <laughs> giggling over nothing. Uh, usually the ca- the kind of candy that they're chewing on, and uh, just not making a lot of sense. Re- really, yeah. um, the inebriation the is of the most cheerful kind in those who are naturally mild, but those mm-hmm. who are naturally quarrelsome become furious. Its aphrodisiac powers are said to be remarkable. No, that has no. again has not been my experience. Because um, normally, you know, I've been with women that have been high, and uh, they just want to go to yeah. sleep. Really, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The intoxication it produces lasts from three to four hours, and is followed by a deep sleep. So far, so good. A prolonged use of it produces a wretched nervousness, long complaints, dropsy, melancholy, and madness. Mm, that's a vague, it's a little bit vague, but okay. Since the check that was given to the use of opium about five years since, the people have taken to using this poison in great numbers and are no doubt being ruined by it. Mm. Uh, this is apparently, this newspaper quote is quoting this from a book called Captain Pitting's Chinese Oleo and Tea Talk. 
<laughs> so that's Captain. I've heard of TED Talk. Captain Pity, he, he invented that. They invented T-Talk first and then TED Talk was the sequel to that. Captain Pitting, that's Captain Pitting's view. Uh, not that's sure, Captain Pitting to you. Not sure what uh, the quality of Captain Pitting's information is about madness here, but we'll we'll see that that becomes a common theme. Um, let's read just one or two more and then we'll wrap it up. Um, yeah. And I, I start to see it appear in American papers around 1846, couple of years mm-hmm. after this, but it's still positive at this stage. Got a story about a doctor who cured a kid's locked jaw with liquid wow. cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a story here, separate story from well, a bit later. This is from the Green Mountain Freeman uh, paper. Um, hmm. Only for freed slaves, apparently. We're allowed to read this in Green Mountain, Montpellier, Vermont. Nice. This is from 1880. New cure for consumption. Dr. H. James's Cannabis Indica, or East India Hemp. See, it's note that it's called East India Hemp here. Right. Um, and not uh, Mexican weed or loco weed. Raised in Calcutta and prepared on its native soil from the green leaf. I'm going to do this in my uh, old-timey uh, medical voice. Dr. H. James's Cannabis Indica. Or East India hemp, raised in Calcutta and prepared on its native soil from the green leaf, has become as famous in this country as in India for its cure of consumption, bronchitis, and the asthma. We now inform the public that we have made the importation of this article into the United States our specialty, and that in future the afflicted can obtain these remedies at all first-class druggists. As we have, at great expense and trouble, made permanent arrangements in India for obtaining pure hemp, gathering it at the right season and having it extracted upon its own from the green leaf by an old and experienced chemist, said chemist being a native, we know that we have the genuine article in all its purity and perfection and something that we are entitled to credence (laughs) where we say that cannabis indica. We'll do all that it is claimed for it, and that one bottle will satisfy the most skeptical of its positively and permanently curing consumption, bronchitis, and the asthma. So positive, uh, 1880. Yeah. They, they're selling Glowing. it. Selling yeah. it as a drug, as a pharmaceutical. Um, but then it starts to turn a little bit after this. The earliest mention of marijuana that I could find on newspapers.com was Mm -hmm. from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Now, Mm. something you should know about the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, it wasn't your ordinary paper. Um, The St. Louis Post-Dispatch was run by a guy called Joseph Pulitzer. Ah. Now, I don't know what you know about Joseph Pulitzer. You may have heard of the Pulitzer Prize. You may think that's a good thing. Pulitzer must have been a good bloke. No, complete cunt, (laughs) Joseph Pulitzer. Um, (laughs) Total shitbag. Are you going to destroy uh, another model? Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, here's the deal with Joseph Pulitzer. And we talked right. about this, I think, on the Cold War show. It may have been this show. We talked about yellow journalism at some point. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, late 19th century, Joseph Pulitzer uh, ran this this paper, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, um, and, uh, uh, and and turned it into a tabloidy kind of a thing. Um, made it a big success. Lots of right. outrageous stories, um, no, no, no facts, not worrying about that. 
And and it led to then he moved to New York and, and bought a paper in New York and it led to this big battle between him and Randolph Hearst, William Randolph right. Hearst. Um, and the, the great yellow journalism paper wars for circulation in the late 19th and early 20th century. I'll talk about that a bit later. But anyway, this is this is a St. Louis Post-Dispatch article from 1886, and it's an article about the Mexican army. And, and as you'll start to see, a lot of the stories from now on are about Mexicans and weed. Whenever they talk about <laughs> marijuana, it's normally talking about Mexicans at some point. And there's reasons yeah. for that, which we'll get into in the next episode. Um, one other thing you'll notice is that either weed back then was a thousand times stronger than it is today. Oh, God. All these stories are complete bullshit. I'll let you decide which. We report, right. you decide. <laughs> facts. Speaking of tabloid yellow journalism. <clears throat> this article is talking about uh, 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 Mexican smoking weed. If a man is silly enough to try to escape from this bondage, uh, oh, he's talking about Mexicans trying to leave the Mexican army. 1886, so this is the uh, sort of, I think, the Spanish American War probably hasn't quite started yet. It's around about mm-hmm. a little bit later, isn't it? It's about 10 years later. But um, I think the Mexicans are fighting. Well, they've already lost the whole Texas war. I don't know what's going on here with the Mexican army, quite frankly. I don't know what they're doing at this point in time. But anyway, if he tries to get out of the army, he's immediately shot. Or if he disobeys orders, they have time but to punish him with death. A short time before leaving Mexico, some guards at the prison tried to desert and immediately every regiment was notified to be on the lookout and others were sent out to recapture them. And as soon as found, they were shot. The soldiers mm. have a, an herb named marijuana, which they roll into small cigarettes and smoke. It nice. produces intoxic- intoxication, which lasts for five days. Oh, God. <laughs> That's more than Viagra. Sorry. And f- for that period, they are in paradise. <laughs> That's some pretty strong shit, man. Heaven. I'm in heaven. <laughs> it has no ill after effects. Yet the use is forbidden by law. It is commonly used among prisoners. One cigarro is made and the prisoners, all sitting in a ring, partake of it. The nice. smoker takes a draw and blows the smoke into the mouth of the nearest man. Uh, just like Vegas. He likewise gives it to another and so on around the circle. One cigarro will intoxicate the whole lot for the <laughs> length of five days. Oh, where do I get some of that Mexican <laughs> shit, man? <laughs> One um, Cam, I'm, I'm gonna need the I'm gonna need the next five days off. Yeah, uh, you and the rest of you know Virginia, because they'll all be just sharing in that. Uh, one single blunt, right. um, super blunt. So this is where we start to see. Just crazy bullshit stories uh, uh, hit the US media about this. And it just, as we'll see, gets worse over time. Yeah. But I think we should wrap it up there, buddy. Um, I, actually, let me let me add one thing uh, before, just yeah. to give everything that you just said in the last five minutes some, some backdrop, some context. So as the colonial powers are expanding and they're taking over, invading other countries, obviously they're either coming into contact with cannabis users or their use of cannabis is spreading as well. Um, some of the um, powers start to become concerned. Again, if, if the rich white people are doing it, it's fine. But if the slaves are doing it and they're slacking off and they're not working very hard, it's, it's cause for concern. 
concern. So places like Rio, Rio de Janeiro starts banning it. Uh, the Portuguese start to ban it. The, the English who take their uh, excuse me, the British who take their Indian indentured workers throughout their empire, uh, they start to have trouble with it as well. So they're going to start banning stuff, as we're going to see in the late 1800s. Uh, Natal passed the Cooley Law call, uh, Consolidation, prohibiting giving coolies or workers or indentured servants or slaves hemp at all, even even the, the, the plant, the ropes, because they know how to uh, use it uh, the proper way. So again, so even though it's spreading because these people are taking over different parts of the world, they are starting to com- become concerned to a degree. But again, it's not because it's dangerous or people are dying. It's because these people are all relaxed and they're not working very hard. And the reason you have an empire and the reason you have slaves is to get them to work very hard and to make items or money or whatever for you. And so they're starting to run into trouble, but it's the trouble of the oppressors, not the oppressed, because they're just getting high and having a good time. Uh... Yeah. (laughs) I'm a slave. I can't believe I just said that. All right, so let me just uh, read a review and thank nice. some of our new subscribers and we'll get the fuck out of here. So um, here's a review from Ez Phoenix from Canada. Um, Ez writes, uh, five stars, then the subject line is, my review doesn't show up in caps. My review doesn't show up. <laughs> and then for the review, Ez writes, I wrote six paragraphs of gold and now they aren't showing up. <laughs> That's it. That's like that's it. Yeah, that's it. So as Phoenix, believe that's his real name, um, wrote a review. Tried to post it, obviously, to iTunes. For some reason, it didn't show up. Didn't take. Rather than write it again, (laughs) couldn't couldn't be bothered doing that. He just complained that it didn't show up. Like. It's fucking my fault or something. Have you ever written the perfect review and then something happens to you and you're like, I, I can't make that. I can't create that again. There is no way I could duplicate that. And so he just walks away. I can I can understand that. What is he, fucking Michelangelo doing the Sistine <laughs> Chapel ceiling yes. here, man? Like, come on. Just yes. write. Like, one paragraph. Like, it was just, gold. Just make some fucking effort, is Come well, on. He, he made a half effort, so thank you. We sent him a half mug. Send us your address, is, and we will send you a half a mug. Uh, this is the handle. We'll, you know, right, we'll put a note in it going, we sent you a whole mug, but it didn't show up, so here's just a hand. Do you know how hard it is for me to chop one in half exactly? Never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll try. I want to thank uh, some of our new subscribers. I, I think we've thanked him before, but Jacob Dunn is our most recent Adamantium subscriber. So I don't want to, you can't thank Adamantium subscribers enough. Thank you, Jacob right. Dunn. New bronze subscribers, Sabian Tosca, Roy Stevens, Karen Murday, Manish Chavra- Ch- Chakravati, <laughs> Jonathan Cullis, Michael Khan, hey, Mike, Aaron Baston, Matt Connolly, Galen Thompson, Patrick Santino, Peter Ryan, Kieran Burns, Nick Brock, James Bruton, Brett Hart, Jesus Bahanopena, Leah Cousins, Carl Goodman, Janelle Baston, Adam Stanley, Ulrich Hoxer, uh, nice. the man from Nuremberg, Bruce Mann, Mitchell Hacher, Nicholas Nelson, Hazia Sarakotha, uh, Tim Chappelle, Ed Kovalev, Anthony Cunning, Thomas Vidarsson, Jeff Curtin, Matthew Benny, Tero Ohala, Quentin Balatia, Alexander Rovica, uh, Stephanie Ledison, Brendan Studley, Thomas Dowling, Jerry Martin, David Annis, and Adrian Parkins. 
thank you, Golf Clap, for thank those you. people. Um, our latest gold subscribers, James Caffin, Tattoo James. Uh, check out his latest tattoo. Google, Instagram, whatever, James Caffin. The recent one, he did like a guy, he had kryptonite. Some guy's got a Superman sleeve. He did like green kryptonite on this guy. Oh, wow. Fucking really amazing. Um, Adam Sennett still hasn't finished the fucking portrait of me that he's been working on for a <laughs> year still. and a half, though. But still, yeah. You know, but he's got time to do, he's got time to do a kryptonite tattoo on some fucking guy's arm. But hasn't finished my my portrait, so you know priorities. And he's getting Prior- married. Exa- he's yeah. getting married. He's coming back. Oh, he's God. getting married. North of Brisbane. It's an excuse. Any, yeah, any excuse. Like just you don't have time to get married, bitch. Just finish <laughs> the painting. Um, Put the wedding Adam off. Adam Sennett, Matthew Conrad, and Gort Lund. Thank you, Bigger Golf Club, for a golf, uh, gold, not golf. And then silver subscribers, Andy Gould and Bruce Howie. I don't know why I'm doing them in this order. It's just, I'm just doing it in this order because yeah. I'm not high. Uh, high Bruce Howie, Andrew McDury, Stephen Reed, Gary Luckett, Jerome Taylor, Zlatko Raya, Robert Warburton, Mark Scott, Stuart Holdaway, Hetel Hoons, Alex Kynaston. Alex. How's Melbourne going, Alex? Um, you got to come up and visit. Ryan Dial, Matthew Follett, Casey Pierce, Will Waldron, I think, or is it Waladron? It says Waladron on here, but I think Let's that's go with a that. David Potonik and uh, Ellis Lewis. So thank you to those people for supporting the show. We'll be back with thank more you. on the Mexican loco weed that drives good men insane and makes white women want to have sex with Mexicans uh, next Heather! week. Oh, sorry. 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 <laughs> next week uh, on the show. Bullshit. 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 Bullshit.